Welcome to Shift, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions that are backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Jamie Smith online with us. Jamie, do you want to give a quick note about your background? Yeah, uh, I've been in education for about 25 years. I run a supplementary education program online for students in grades 6 through 12 uh, called G3, and I also do educational consulting for students who are finding their paths to college. And uh, fun fact, I earned a degree online, and it was a master's in online education. So this is one of my favorite topics. Nice. So that's pretty meta, learning, getting an online (laughs) degree for online education. Um, but yeah, today's topic is, can you earn a degree online, bachelor's, master's, et cetera? And then why would you want to, right? So take yeah. it away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, the quick answer is yes, you absolutely can. There are lots of bachelor's degree options that are available online now from reputable schools. So it is absolutely possible to get your full degree online. As for why would you want to, there are lots of reasons. And I think uh, a lot of students started to see that during COVID when we had to pivot to emergency remote learning. Uh, For some students, that was a terrible choice and they really missed being in class with their teachers and their fellow students. But for other students, they found that they preferred being able to work remotely on their own time and uh, interact with their fellow students and teachers via Zoom. For some people, that was just a really good way of learning. Uh, So for those that thought it was a a great thing, when you're looking at actually intentionally designed online programs, it's even better. And so maybe an online degree does make sense for you. Got it. Yeah. So then, I mean, what is, so like the, the big thing with going to college for a lot of people is, is, you know, the experience and social life. And that's kind of an, I would say maybe like a one downside of an online degree is you, you lose that part. Totally. But what are what are kind of the upsides of an online degree? Like what are the what are the things that people should be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, you definitely lose that social part. There is there is no midnight discussion in the dorm when you're doing an online degree. So uh, that's certainly something to consider. You have to think about what your goal is with getting a degree. Is it partly a, a learning living experience where you're also hoping to grow up and make friends and uh, have those late night parties? If so, then you probably want a more traditional university. But if you're really focused on getting a degree in maybe a specific topic, you know you want to get into the workforce, or maybe you have family obligations and you don't want to be so far from home, then maybe you would prefer doing something online that has more flexibility. So you could keep up with a job or family obligations, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're busy starting your business. And so it's easier to do your homework on the weekends and in the evening online. Right. And then, yeah, that is kind of, that does lead to the next question for me, which is like, when is, when is an online degree a good fit? Like if people are, if, what are the things that when you hear people in your consulting practice, like talk about where you're like, Hmm, well, maybe you should consider this. Yeah. It's usually the students who are a little bit older and they already feel like they've lived a bit. Um, or they've had right. the kinds of experiences in high school, like a study abroad in high school or a boarding school. And they thought, you know, I've, I've had that growing up, going away from home experience already. Uh, and now I'm just focused on getting a degree. 
then I say maybe we should look at online degrees. Uh, sometimes it's great for transfer students who started working on a degree at one school and then dropped out for some reason. Uh, when they decide they're ready to go back, sometimes looking at online classes can be either a stepping stone back into a degree or a way to complete that, that bachelor's they left behind earlier. Hmm. Yeah, and then um, when you're thinking about Essentially, so you, the, one of the things that you mentioned I thought was interesting was, you know, these are oftentimes the right candidate for an online degree is somebody who's already kind of started their life, right? They're not 18 and have never had a, a full-time job before. They're usually, right, probably. You know, <laughs> probably. Not, this is, you can, you, the listener, can do whatever you want. Um, but generally, like, the archetype is more, you know, people maybe in their 20s, maybe even in their 30s that are... They're trying to kind of either finish their degree, which they've never finished, or they're trying to change careers. So how do you juggle essentially like both applying to and, and doing an online degree with your job and maybe you have kids and things like that? Yeah, that can be challenging that? because you're still going through that application process just like anybody, like any 18-year-old would uh, applying for the first time. So it can right. be challenging. Uh, but often the online programs have some different requirements. They're a little bit more lenient with things. They understand their audience. Uh, so you work it in here and there. And that's part of the beauty of online is that it's always there when you're ready to work on it. So that's why we're turning to it. The same thing with the application. It's there when you're ready to work on a on a break, uh, when your kid's napping, any of those things. And I also don't want to discourage younger people from looking at online learning. It's just about what your philosophy is of learning. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for that growing up experience, the online university isn't going to give it to you. But um, there are so many situations where maybe you need something different or special and learning disabilities and all kinds of reasons. So uh, you don't have to write it off just because you're 18, but just understand that you are giving up that that growing up uh, away from home experience. Right. And then so once you, let's say you've decided now that you do want to do an online program, like what are, how do you evaluate different online program options, right? Because I mean, I I personally have heard some like horror stories from some of the bigger yeah. names where <laughs> they don't really give you a lot of value. Um, and I'm just curious, sort of what are the things that you look for when you're evaluating these programs? Yeah, so I like to look at universities that also have a regular physical campus. Uh, some of those universities that are online only um, can sometimes be questionable. What are they doing? But an online program that is an extension of a long-standing university uh, is often going to give you a more reputable degree so that when you go out into the workforce, you've, you've got a piece of paper that means something. Uh, but you also want to be looking at things like, are they accredited? Uh, and you want to be looking for regional accreditation, not national accreditation, which is something people often find confusing. National sounds better. Uh, but when it comes to accreditation, what you really want is regional accreditation. Uh, so look for a university that has that accreditation and then look for online programs where it's not just professors throwing their their lectures, their video lectures uh, into a, an online environment. You want to see that there is online education design going into it, that they have instructional designers on staff to actually create fully online classes that aren't just copies of a textbook or a lecture. 
Yeah. So there were two things I want to touch on from, from that. The first is you were talking about, um, well, just like the instructional design and things like that. I mean, I feel like every online school is going to say that they do that and that, oh, it's not <laughs> just we're throwing lectures online. Right. So how do you, how can you really tell, like, is, you know, do online universities give like free tours of their courses, like a free trial? Probably not. I mean, yeah, not really like free tours of, of classes or free access to classes, but sometimes they will have, you know, like a video that gives you a preview of what the classes are like. Um, I have actually seen a couple of schools that say, you know, here's here's a generic password, log in and poke around in a class to see what it's like. Uh, if you're not seeing that, then you probably want to reach out and ask some pointed questions about who's teaching these classes and how are they qualified to teach them? How do they know about online learning? And Who's making the classes? Where is the content coming from? Um, there have been situations where some for-profit companies have leased online classes to schools, and that could be good or bad, depending on the company and depending on what you want to study. You know, sometimes it's it's uh, this generic course that the university bought to fill a need, and it's it's not high quality. Other times, it means a great instructional designer was behind it and you know the quality is gonna be good, but that's a question to ask. Where's the content coming from and who's responsible for it? Right, and then how do you double down on that? So let's say they're like, oh, our content, we purchased it from XYZ company. So like, what do you do then? Definitely go check out the company and uh, there will probably be reviews on, on the internet for them. But then also ask if you will have access to a professor from the university. Uh, is this a totally outsourced situation? Nah, I would stay away from that. But if they've taken content from somewhere and then provide you with a fully qualified university professor from their school and you have access to them, that can still be a really good experience. Um, really important question is how much access to the professor would I have? Can I email? Do they have office hours? How much interaction right. is there? Got it. Okay. Great. And then the second thing from what you said earlier that I wanted to go back to was you said that regional accreditation is a lot better than national accreditation. And that does sound a little counterintuitive. And I'm just curious, sort of what is the reason for that? And also, how do you figure that out? Right. Um, I'm not sure I can tell you the reason for it, but <laughs> uh, it is this longstanding tradition that there are regional accrediting agencies uh, that accredit these schools in their area. So, you know, if oh, you're I out meant the like West, why, why the reason for why oh, oh, the reason for why I thought you were talking about like national. why there is a national one, because I don't know oh, why yeah. there is a national one when we don't like it as well. <laughs> Um, no, the, the reason you want to look for regional accreditation is that those are the longstanding respected institutions. Some of these national accrediting agencies that have popped up are newer and uh, less well respected. And that means that your degree might not be as valuable and courses you take might not be transferable. So mm. you want to check that out. Um, there are a few national accrediting agencies that are trying to gain a foothold. But for right now, uh, most schools are, if you're looking to transfer in online credits, they are saying only from regionally accredited schools. Uh, and sometimes they're right. even pickier than that. But usually the regional accreditation is kind of the minimum bar for transferability. And then when you've got a diploma, if you're going for a full online bachelor's, uh, it's a good idea to have one from a school that is regionally accredited because then that will be seen as equivalent to the other schools in your area rather than being seen as a, a special, unique, alternate degree. 
Right. And then when you say seen as, you know, equivalent to other schools in your area, I assume that you're referring to like companies in the local area making hiring decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, anyone you're trying to show your degree to uh, grad school or whatever. Uh, if you're getting a degree from a regionally accredited institution, then it would be seen as legitimate. Whereas, whereas if it's nationally accredited or from a for-profit institution, um, sometimes it's seen as not not quite as valid. Yeah, and then that that kind of leads to my next thought, which is um, so let's say you get a fully online degree from a college, and let's say it's a college that does have a physical campus. Do you, in your resume, need to specify that it was an online-only degree, or can you casually forget to include that part? Right? Uh, it depends on the school. Some of the schools uh, give you a diploma that says just the name of the school, and there's no mention of online. And so if that's the case, you know, feel free to put it on your resume that way. Other schools have like a different branch of their school. Like it's it's mm -hmm. a, a separate add-on and your degree really would say, you know, such and such university online. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's a moral and ethical choice. I am honest to a fault. So I would say, yeah, put the, the full name of your program on there. But uh, you you do you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I... I've been in the working world for a while and nobody's asked to see my diploma. Um, but I also, yeah, I was just curious about that. Cause I think that, you know, there's a very big difference to uh, employers. Cause I think that employers like, and maybe this is just a topic. Like I, my thought is that I feel like employers don't think if you're looking at a degree from an online version of a university versus the in-person version, they might value that online degree a bit less. Yeah, and they're... I'm curious if you if you agree with that and and how you can maybe combat that. Right, there is still a stigma, but I think it's changing, and I think we can actually owe that change to COVID. Um, you know, when COVID sent everyone into online learning, uh, there was sort of a renewed understanding of what can actually be accomplished online and that the learning you do online is just as valid as learning that you could do on campus. Uh, and for some people, for different learning styles, sometimes it's even better. So there really isn't a reason to look down on an online degree, but I do understand that that stigma is out there. Yeah, for sure. And then this actually dovetails nicely into sort of the last line of questioning that I had for you today, which is, okay, so the point of getting a degree ostensibly is to get a job or to get a better job, right? So how can you vet the ability of a particular online university to help their students get jobs? Because that was something, I mean, this school wasn't even online. All right, I won't say names. I, I shouldn't <laughs> call out anyone, but... There are, I have seen schools online and offline, particularly the for-profit ones, mm -hmm. where they kind of don't care once mm -hmm. you, about you getting a job that much. And right. it's been very frustrating for the people that have uh, ended up going there, right? So Definitely. I'm curious if you have any tips for kind of weeding out the bad actors or right. if, if just finding which schools really do care about placing you in a career afterwards. Yeah. Uh, step one, I would say stay away from those for-profit universities. Uh, there's usually not a lot of good that, that comes from those. Um, usually that university in itself is going to be kind of frowned upon out there in the work world. But beyond that, 
ask if the school is going to give you access to their career services center. Schools that are really supporting their online students uh, have ways for the online students to access all of the services that uh, their regular on-ground students would be accessing. So you should have access to their career center. You should be able to do virtual uh, job fairs. You should be able to send your resume to someone at the school and get a review on it. Uh, so ask how they support their online learners with those kinds of services. And that goes for everything. You know, will you have access to the library? Will you have access to the Disability Resource Center? You know, all of those features of a university should still be available to online learners. So ask that. That's a sign of a quality program. Got it. And then is there any kind of data that you would be looking for from these schools regarding like job placements or, you know, whether that's they have established partnership with the local Wells Fargo or if it's more along the lines of, you know, we, you know, 70% of our students get a salary job within a year of graduating or something like that? Like, is there any data that you'd be looking for? Yeah, I would definitely ask about job placement if they have that data. But also start with their graduation rates. You know, how many people mm -hmm. who start their online programs are finishing them at that school? Because that's step one. You got to get through the program. So ask about their completion rates and then ask if they have any of that data on job placement. Sometimes it's a little bit harder for online schools because students don't have to be geographically based near the schools. So those employer relationships are a little bit harder. You know, they may only be for that local area. Uh, but still, there should still be some data on where students go after they get their online degree. If you're thinking about grad school, ask about that, too. How many of their online students go on to grad school? Right. And what type of grad schools? do? Yeah. 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 And then anything else on this on this topic that you want to cover? Yeah, just that, uh, you know, online learning is just as valid as any other kind of learning. We've really got gotten stuck in this rut of thinking that university model of the professor at the front and a bunch of kids sitting in a lecture, that that is the only way to learn. We're probably online anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably online anyway, not listening to the professor. Um, but we've gotten into this habit of thinking that is the only way that college learning can can happen. And it's just not true. Uh, there are a lot of really wonderful ways to learn online that can be more interactive, more personal. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but a lot of online teachers say that they actually feel they get to know their students better because they're interacting with them on discussion forums and in emails. And it's not just a sea of blank faces out there. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, I, I think we need to change that stigma and see the validity and, uh, you know, give it a give it a shot and try a couple of classes. Most universities have at least a couple of classes available online. So even if you're doing a fully on-ground degree, you can try a couple of online classes and see how it works for you. Um, I think it's actually a life skill now. Yeah. And also, can you it, it can you take like a class or two from some online universities without like fully enrolling? Is that also a flexibility that they have? Yeah, usually. I mean, it it varies case by case. Uh, the only word of caution I would give there is uh, check with your primary university to see if they will accept the credit or if they have a problem with you going to this online university uh, while you're fully enrolled at their school. But that yeah, is or I was. I was even thinking from like the perspective of like, you've got a job and you're like thinking about getting an online bachelor's. Can you like test the water with like a class or two oh, yes, from multiple definitely. schools to see if you like 
a particular one. Yeah, that's a great approach to just try that one class and see if it works for you. Um, there's actually a really great program at ASU, Arizona State, uh, that is mm -hmm. really designed for that so that they make it easy to just get in there and test one class inexpensively. And uh, it's a great way to, to just sort of dip a toe in the world of online learning and see if it works for you. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Jamie from Jamie Smith Consulting. And you can try Achievable's ACT course for free at achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off if you like it.